You may find this hard to believe, but 60 songs that explain the 90s, America's favorite poorly named music podcast is back with 30 more songs than 120 songs total. I am your host, Rob Harvilla, here to bring you more shrewd musical analysis, poignant nostalgic reveries, crude personal anecdotes, and rad special guests all with even less restraint than usual. Join us once more on 60 Saws That Explain the 90s every Wednesday on Spotify. This episode is brought to you by Kia's first three-row all-electric SUV, the Kia EV9. With available all-wheel drive that sets the pace and seating for up to seven adults with zero to 60 speed that throws you one moment and available lounge seats that unwind you the next. Visit kia.com slash EV9 to learn more. Ask your Kia dealer for availability. No system, no matter how advanced, can compensate for all driver error and or driving conditions. Always drive safely. This episode is brought to you by Lincoln and the all-new 2024 Nautilus Hybrid, featuring a customizable 48-inch panoramic display, available Revel audio system, and available perfect position front seats with active motion massage. Oh my God. The world isn't wide enough. Visit Lincoln.com to learn more. Some models, trims, and features may not be available or may be subject to change. Check with your local retailer for current information. Lincoln and Nautilus are trademarks of Ford or its affiliates. 24 question party Hello and welcome to 24 Question Party People. I am your host, Yasi Salek. This is a show where I invite an interesting person on for a little talk. I ask the same 23 questions every time, more or less, plus one wild card. The guest is allowed to skip one question. Sometimes the questions change a little. Tolstoy said, true life is lived when tiny changes occur. Or maybe he didn't. I got that off of countryliving.com. We'll never know. You guys, a question I get asked a lot is, how do you keep up with or and or find new music, you dusty old bitch? Um, okay, well, they don't they don't really say that last part, but that is the implication, right? How do you, an elderly hag, discover music? How do you find music when you're older? Because this is something most of us did like completely naturally when we were teenagers, right? It was like second nature. It was like breathing. For me, it was literally like breathing. It was oxygen. I would have suffocated without it. The Replacements, Hole, PJ Harvey, The Smiths, Pixies, I can go on and on and on. That stuff was my oxygen. I figure if you listened to this show, you were at least sort of like that, right? I mean, you must have been. And, you know, at that age, your heart is like an open fucking wound, right? And all the music you put on it as a salve is absorbed into you, right? It like fuses into your fucking DNA, like Wolverine or whatever. I'll be honest. I don't know if that's how Wolverine works. I didn't really read the comics. I just collected those Marvel masterpiece series cards because they were so pretty. Um, but that was literally only until I discovered hard guitar rock music and left all that shit behind. Anyway. So yeah, you get older, you get more busy and more importantly, and thank fucking God, you get more and more whole. Hopefully, some of you I'm worried about, but we'll get to that some other time. And then when you are getting more and more whole, then 
maybe the music doesn't hit as hard or maybe you don't need it as much, but that doesn't mean you don't need it at all because guess what, bitch? You're never going to be really fully whole. That is not real. Okay. When people fucking say, oh, you shouldn't date someone who isn't like fully evolved and like completely at the place like they should be and blah, blah, blah. Bitch, that is not real. Like what the fuck delusional Narnia do you live in? Just because some guy talks to you in perfect therapy vocabulary doesn't mean he's healed and perfect at 39 years old. And just because someone has some things that you deem to be red flags, another abused word, especially when these are like things that are like biographical details of their past and not like behavior towards you, it doesn't mean they're not worth your time. People are constantly in a state of change. Like, yes, of course, if someone does something shitty to you, that's a real red flag. You don't like tell them to fuck off. But forensic filing someone's past to determine if they're good for you. Guess what, babe? That's just trying to control an outcome that you cannot control. You cannot control getting hurt by doing your fucking due diligence research. (laughs) That's not how it fucking works. We've become so dependent on these fake rules and this completely incorrect understanding of what boundaries are. Like some of you people fucking talk about boundaries and I'm like, what the fuck are you saying? That is not what a boundary is. And people, I don't know if it's just how we are, social media, dating apps, people present as fucking lists of attributes now, right? And that's what we take as who they are. But that's not who they are. People are not their own self-mythology. People are how you experience them. And that takes time, kind of a lot of time, okay? Like someone can tell you fucking till they're blue in the face, this is what I'm like, or they can show you by posting Instagrams or tweets or whatever, but that's not who they are. It has to be a lived experience. Anyway, I'm sorry, I got off on a little bit of a tangent because that's what I do. That's my self-mythology, babe. But I will, I'll tell you how I find new music. But first, I want to tell you why I find new music. And it's because I'm not done forming. I am not whole and perfect. Some of you listening are like, yeah, we know, bitch. You're fucking crazy. Um, But yeah, fine. Thanks for noticing. I am still becoming all the time. Life, it is a highway, babe. Okay? And I am on it all night long. That teenager with those raw nerve endings, she's still here inside me. She's with me. And sometimes she pops up like, what's up, bitch? And she fucks up my whole shit. It just be like that. (laughs) I love her though, okay? And she needs music still. I need music still to get through all of the stuff that you have to get through. And I find it the same way I did then, kind of, more or less. I mean, things have changed, sure, but I read stuff, the internet, Twitter, whatever. I listen to a podcast. Maybe you definitely listen to a podcast. You're doing it right now. And I'm here constantly in your fucking ear telling you about new music. And then if you like something that you find through these different ways, if it hits that wound in you hard then follow that artist, see who they play shows with, look at what the flyers they post are, look up those bands, go listen. It's harder than it was. Sure. When we All we had to do was flop down in a pool of our own misery after school and like read magazines and listen to bands, but it's not that hard and it's worth it. You are not healed, (laughs) but you can be a little more yourself every day and the music will help you, man. Anyway, that was a uncharacteristically earnest monologue. Um, You're welcome. My therapist would be proud, except she hates it when I say life is a highway. Uh, 
Anyway, my guest today is Sabrina Teitelbaum, who makes music under the name Blonde Shell. She's one of the artists that I discovered in the last year or so, whose music really fucking speaks to my wounded, bloody teen. It really does. And also my abraded attempt at adulthood, both speaks to both. Her self-titled album came out this year and all of you and all of your red flags will love it too. I am absolutely sure. Here's our talk. 24. You guys, today on the show, we have one of my most faves, top faves, top five, my, MySpace top eight, Sabrina Teitelbaum, known to the uh, music listening population as Blonde Shell. Welcome to the show, Sabrina. I have to say it's a real treat every time I get to talk to you. I mean, we do have a little group chat that we get to talk in as well, but I know it's nice to see you face to face. It's great in a to recorded see you. setting. Yeah. <laughs> what a treat to get to do this. <laughs> um, what is, what's going on with you, baby? You just got back from tour. I got to, I got the pleasure and honor of seeing you headline a show at the Roxy, which was absolutely life-changing and moving for me. It was wonderful. Thanks for coming. Of it course. was like, that was one of the last shows. So we were on tour in Europe a couple months ago and then I had a little bit of time back and then I just did a headline tour in the US for the first time. No big deal. So MBD. No you saw the first the first LA show ever. I did. Well, yeah. Kind I of. I <laughs> like I've opened for people here, but that was the first time I got to do my own show here. Yeah. So I just got back from the tour probably like I don't know, five days ago or something. How are you feeling? Good. I am happy to be back in my routine doing my little things. Right. Skincare. <laughs> doing my skincare. Well, skincare is like one of the things I cling to when I'm traveling. Okay. Yeah. That's but a like sleeping line, in yeah. my bed and that sure. stuff. Um, and I'm kind of excited because now I'm like starting to write songs again now that mm. I'm home. So are they about me or any of them yes. about me? Okay. Yeah. All of them. <laughs> Just, uh, just wondering, <laughs> just checking. Yeah. I can't, I can't show them. That's why I can't show them to you. They're all about you. <laughs> I can't share. Is it harder to write songs like when you've just been touring and, or, or does life just keep happening all the time and there's always something to write a song about? There, I think there's definitely not always something to write a song about, at least for me. Mm -hmm. But when I'm on tour, I think it's easier because there's so much happening there's so many different people introduced or right. like old people I used to know or just different places that bring stuff up. Like every time I go back to New York, I grew up in New York. Every time I go back there brings up so much stuff. So yeah, I always want to write about too. it when I'm there. Totally. Um, and then of course there's all the songs about me. So that's an easy thing to write about. Yeah. And then it's like, yeah. you come to the show and I know you're there and I right. get that feeling that's like Yossi <laughs> was in the room and then I have that to talk about. That inspiration so. strikes you. Yeah. Um, yeah. that's exciting. More music. We want it. We need it. Also just had to, we have to talk about the fact that you recently went to one of the cultural moments of our generation, Taylor Swift's Eras tour. I, you got you got fucking exile. I want to slap you in your I mouth. Know, I'm so I know. upset. I'm but so But Justin upset. didn't come out. I was expecting it. I kept well. I don't know where he is. Maybe he's like on tour or something. But I kept expecting him. Literally, just been there and not wanted to come out. That's possible. 
the show was amazing. It was like going to the Olympics or like going to some sort of, it, it was just insane. The whole production and it's nuts. When you think about what she has to remember and hold in her mind while she's doing that on top of the physical activity, like the vocal stuff, just the physical stamina of moving around like that. That and stage then, is like seven miles long. Like the amount of walking that woman mm-hmm. has to do in over the three hour period of performing the music is astounding. She must train. It Oh, definitely. And like I saw either Gracie Abrams or Haim or one of the openers posted and you can see that the floor, like uh, the floor on the stage is kind of like there are squares that are numbered. Mm-hmm. Oh, so she knows her marks or whatever. Yeah. Imagine trying to remember all of that for three and a half hours. And then there's 70,000 people there. I guess it must be the, because it's the same every night, you must just develop muscle memory after like a couple yeah. of shows. Don't you think like it just becomes the more and more you do it? Not that I could do that. I could like, I wouldn't make it past 10 minutes of trying to hit <laughs> one mark regardless of the fact that I can't um, sing to save my life. A lot of barriers between me and becoming Taylor Swift. <laughs> It was amazing. Like, yeah. I haven't always been the the biggest, like, You're not biggest a lifelong Taylor Swifty. Sw- Is that what you're saying? <laughs> I mean, when I think about when the first couple albums came out and I was, like, at summer camp listening and re- getting, like, really emotional about Hey Steven and all of those songs... Do you know that song? Babe, I'm a fearless girly. Okay. Fearless is my number one. <laughs> that is my album. Oh, really? Also, it's my favorite too. God, I don't know when it came out. You were at summer camp, so you were like eight. I was in my twenties. Yeah. <laughs> so that <laughs> it really it did be hitting for me because I'm a stunt emotionally stunted adult. So I was like, oh yeah, <laughs> high school. That's right. I'm still there in my it mind. It was really <laughs> hitting. Or like um, I was reminded of Enchanted. Oh my God was enchanted to me i wanted white horse so bad for my secret song and i made it happen because i'm psychic that was because i went in vegas oh um, i love white horse me too and on the way love. there with my girl nikki takesh where we were mentally ill and bought really expensive tickets like three days before and just planned a trip i was like on the way i was like i really want white horse i think it's gonna be the secret song That's and she was like crazy. Oh, i don't know and it was it fucking was That's i crazy. did it with my mind i mean i wanted exile more than anything but i knew it wasn't gonna happen because i had a feeling she it was gonna be minneapolis and i thought it was gonna be minneapolis because of fucking justin boney yeah. bear but she did in la without him i that is my jam it's crazy <sighs> but it's one of those things when i was there i was like i haven't always thought of myself with the label Swifty. Like I, sure. that's not how I, I don't <laughs> Self-identify. know. Self-identify. Yeah. I, I just haven't thought about it that way. But then while I was watching the show, I was like, I know all of these songs yeah. and I have all these memories associated with all of these songs and like yeah. spanning like 15 years. Yeah. I mean, you legit grew up with it. Yeah. So I did grow up with it. And I remember like when I was taking singing lessons as a kid and I was singing songs off of Fearless and, yeah, you were. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You yeah. Were. So, can we expect um, a Blanchel, a fearless Blanchel's version in the future? <laughs> you know what? When I was there, I she played Champagne Problems. So fucking. Good. And I was like, Goodbye. I want to cover this song so yes, bad. Do it. But it's a little on the nose for me. I was kind of like with the content. I don't know, but I would like to cover that song. And it's I like how low it is. Yeah, I think and you should do it. Give it a try. Even if it's just for me to hear privately, I will. 
That's yeah, enough. Just that's for enough you. For just for me. Private audience of one. I'll make an EP that's like songs about Yasi and then also <laughs> um, champagne problem. I'm so annoying because I have this joke with every one of my musician friends. Like they've all heard me say like, so is the Yasi EP coming out soon? When is the album of Yasi songs coming out? And I do feel at some point I'll say it enough that someone will actually finally do it. You have to have dated a musician, right? Babe, I have several songs that have been written about me. Don't, okay, don't get it twisted, was, okay? That's what I was going to ask. <laughs> Those yeah. exist. And mm-hmm. famously, I one time said on a listener mailbag, someone asked me if I ever made a concept album, what it would it be? And producer Dylan lost her mind because my answer was, I would make a concept album that was me. And all of the songs would be the songs that have been written about me by my ex-boyfriends. <laughs> and she I was need. like, I hate you. And I was like, well, if they ask the question. I answered. Um, I'm glad we got to talk about Taylor Swift because I don't, you know, get yeah. the opportunity as much on this on this show, and we we really we shared something special. I think this year. <laughs> let's let's fucking go. Enough right, with the small this. talk. Enough with the chit chat. Mm-hmm. First question is, what's your sign? Taurus. That's right. The best Are sign in the zodiac. Correct. I knew it. I knew it. Do you know your moon and your rising? Honestly, no. Is that the one you need your time for? Like your yeah, birth time? One of them. Maybe both of them, actually. Because moon, you could maybe know. But rising, I think you need your sign. I'm not an astrologer. Okay. This is the problem. I don't know what time I was born. I know like the realm, like in the 9, 930 range. Sure. But I don't know what time. I have to get my birth certificate. Yeah, but it's just a whole thing. I don't know. I made my dad text it to me because I, I had asked for it so many times the time that my parents were finally like, fucking here is your fucking birth certificate. Keep it on file. Leave us alone. And I was like, okay. That's what I need. <laughs> yeah. So I have to find that out and then I would know my my rising and my the other one. You do have Taurus energy though. Earthy. Mm-hmm. Sensual. Yeah. Aesthetically motivated. Homebody. Homebody. <laughs> Finds comfort in material things. <laughs> loves yeah. purchasing things <laughs> obsessed with consuming <laughs> absolute same absolute same babe. yeah um question number two what did you eat today okay so it's noon so i've had breakfast i had iced coffee like cold brew with um almond milk the one that's spelled like m-a-l-k you know that one milk milk yeah i'm, I'm trying that one because there's no like random bullshit in it so Almond milk. Um, and then I had toast with almond butter and blueberries. And this prebiotic soda called Poppy. Are you on a bit of a are you been on a health kick? I'm actually not. I just have um a sensitive stomach. And <laughs> and I've just spent too much time fighting it, you know? Like I've spent years being like, I'm gonna eat whatever I want, I don't care. But I just I always have a stomach ache. So now I'm trying to um, eat things that won't hurt it. You're so. you're speaking to the, you're preaching to the choir, the converted choir. I was exactly like you once. I ate whatever I wanted, and every day my stomach hurt my whole life. And I was like, something has got to give, bitch. It'll just ruin your life. And like you know, as an ethical thing, I'm like, I want to have the freedom to eat literally whatever my heart desires, but it just causes me pain. Are you vegan? No, I was vegan for a long time and I just did not personally have the energy to do it anymore. Like I I just couldn't keep eating tofu and getting sick from tofu. So I eat fish now, but I wouldn't, I can't eat meat. It's gross. How do you feel about dairy? 
tastes delicious, makes me feel horrendous. Okay, babe, I'm about to change your whole fucking goddamn life. Are you even ready? Are you even ready? Are you going to tell me to take lactate pills? No, bitch. Ew, disgusting. Okay. okay no, okay. I'm going to tell you to take yourself over to Sprouts or if you're feeling spendy, Erewhon. Get yourself some raw milk. Perhaps you want a raw cream. I use raw cream, a delicious in my coffee. Raw cheese, raw butter. You will have zero stomach problems. And not only that, if you consume it enough in that same day and you have a normal dairy, it'll fucking help you digest that too. It's a wonder miracle. You need to try this. I've seen you posting about it and I've That's right. <laughs> actually wondered myself, what is what does that mean that it's raw? I, I don't think I'll do it because I don't like eating animal products. I try to okay. avoid it. Sure. sure. Um, but I am curious what it is. Like, what does it mean that it's raw? I'm so glad that you asked because I've been dying to talk about this in a public forum. Um, and I probably have already, but why stop now? It's simply not pasteurized. And when milk is pasteurized, they boil or whatever. I'm not a scientist, just like I'm not a woman in STEM. I just know that they heat it, right? To pasteurize okay. it, to kill to kill the 1800s bacteria that they're trying to get out when we had God. horse and carriages that translate, you know, took the milk around. But it, on top of it, kills all the en- the helpful enzymes that is how we digest it. But does that then mean that you are consuming all the the bacteria? No, because there, we don't transport milk via horse and carriage over four days anymore. It's 2023. It's refrigerated the whole time. It's very healthy. It's not going to make you sick. I just want to take a microscope to it. Have you seen those videos where they'll say like how much bacteria is in a sink and then they take a Q-tip and then they put it on the little sample tray and then they yeah. watch it? Yeah. I want to do that before I eat anything. Oh, you're one of those. Afraid of germs? Yeah. <laughs> a little bit. Trying not to. Germs are your friend, babe. They're they they're just gonna go in there and help you. They're just little passengers, little passengers that go along with you on your day. I like that. Question number three. Did you listen to music today? Yeah. I listened to um Alice Phoebe Lou. You know her? No. Tell me. Should I know about yeah, her? Yeah, I don't know a lot about her. I just know her album that has like this song called Glow that I can okay. listen to all the time. It's so good. She just put out a song called Shelter. Let's see. Oh, the album's called Glow, which is actually my favorite song on it. But it came out in 2021. And there's a song called Love Sick that's also really good. And yeah, that's what I was listening to today. Yeah, I'll have to check it out. And Michael Barbaro, we love. <laughs> you don't love. I don't know who that is. The Daily. Oh, all love and respect to The Daily, but I have never heard it. Okay, that's cool. That's they cool. tell you news. I'm not interested in news. They give you the gist, <laughs> though. They just give you the gist. Not into Perfect. it. I just like to not know what's going on. That's cool. Like willfully ignorant is my kind of my whole vibe. <laughs> into it. Yeah. Um, number four. What's the very first song that you remember making an impact on you as a child? Um, Lay Down Sally by Eric Clapton. Okay. Were your parents like Clapton heads? Yeah, and I don't know why because there's nothing like I'll listen to some of his songs, but there's nothing that I'm like this is what I connect to in music about right. that song in particular. It just did something for me when I was a kid. And 
I was upset. Like, you know, when you just want to repeat a song over and over and over until you're sick of it. That was how I felt about that song. And I remember that and being like, can you please put this on repeat in the car? That's how I feel about Olympus by Blanchard. (laughs) Why is it so good? Honestly, what did you do? Miss Olympus. It was, um, (laughs) it was just heartbreak. (laughs) That's what's in there. I hear it, babe. I hear it and I relive it and I play it over and over and over again. It's like that meme that's like, I have to play this song that makes me feel bad over and over and over again. (laughs) I can't stop until I feel nothing. I know. Um, It's me with Olympus. It's a fucking banger. 24. This episode is brought to you by UGG. Y'all know UGG is a brand that athletes wear all the time in the tunnel and on travel days. Well, I bet you think UGG season is only during the colder months of the year. Oh, contraire. You're wrong. You need to check out the latest spring drop from UGG. They have everything from sandals to clogs. I like the sandals. UGG has you covered for your next spring adventure. Shop the Golden Collection at UGG.com. Number five, what is the first album you bought with your own money or shoplifted with your own two hands? I actually remember this very well. Um, Lana Del Rey, Born to Die. That was the first album you bought? (laughs) I was 14. I was 14 years old. We had, I didn't buy records because I didn't have a record player. So I wasn't like going out and buying vinyl. I was like listening to music on Apple or whatever until Spotify came out. I was in eighth grade and then I went and bought vinyl. I was a little baby and my friends would come over and I would play it on, on my um, record player. Did you buy it at Urban Outfitters? I didn't. I did not. (laughs) No. But that's the truth. You know, I was feeling so good. I was vibing here. And then the harsh reality set in. Of, that you're 20 that you're 26 and nubile yeah. young youth the glow of youth yeah it's actually a fascinating version now of me understanding that this question will have wildly different answers if you're like under the age of i don't know 32 or something i don't really remember i can't do the math exactly of when people stopped buying albums as a regular like practice yeah it was definitely not a regular thing i didn't know people who did that like it was it was just like a fun thing but it wasn't how we listened to music it was definitely not how i listened to music as a 14 year old you should not have if you knew anyone who was like regularly collecting vinyl you should have run in the other direction i agree (laughs) i agree damn born to die fucking absolute gem of an album though Mm -hmm. it's a good Mm -hmm. first one we stand here on this program um i saw her perform at the troubadour in whatever like three weeks before that saturday night live performance was that she was um yeah i don't i don't remember if she had an album out or if it was only video games and um blue jeans how um was the performance how did video games in particular sound it was not a good performance but there's something (laughs) i love about that for her like i remember somebody told me about seeing the weekend at coachella the first time he played and someone (laughs) you were there and someone was like it was awful 
or no, no, they said um, he was awful. It was amazing. But he wasn't awful. He was awesome. He was like so good, I thought. And I like it was those songs. I don't know. Just like he was a little awkward. It it, it worked beautifully. You, I never would have thought that this is what would have happened with The weekend. There's something I like about the awkwardness. Like people are giving Ice Spice all this shit for being awkward the first couple yeah. performances. And I'm yeah. like, okay, but it would have felt so weird if she came out and was like, like doing her, form. Yeah. yeah, like her first show at Rolling Loud and was like perfect and completely comfortable. I think it would have been really weird. So I actually prefer it. I think we're used to that with pop stars, right? Because they they are like so trained before they're like put out in the public eye or whatever. And like clearly Lana wasn't, you know? Yeah. And it is very cool. I agree with you. I think people were just kind of surprised. Um, it was it was also, I think it was like a weird industry event in a way, you know, like it was a normal mm-hmm. show, but it was also it's Elliot the Troubadour with this like girl who had two smash singles um, that were viral. <laughs> moments so yeah. I think people were sort of like I think there's probably a lot of pressure and people were like really expecting something different definitely but we still I also think it. like it's kind of a weird assumption that people are like if you're making songs that are going viral and doing really well and you're a great recording artist you also have to be an amazing performer right like they don't always go hand in hand yeah I'm still down with like one or the other maybe you're an amazing performer and like your vocals live really translate but your recorded music doesn't do that much for me or <laughs> vice versa. And I think that's cool too. Name names, bitch. I'm not saying a word. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Number six. Did anyone in your childhood ever say to you something to the effect of you're never going to make it give up like in the movies? And if so, who was it? And what did you say? back? <laughs> not like that explicitly. I didn't have any moment like that, but I had a lot of messaging that was like, just the odds are so low. Right. And I remember like my dad was always so supportive and thought it was really cool that I did music. But I remember him being like, just think about the numbers. The chances (laughs) aren't looking good. Like he's like, I think you're good. I like your voice. I like your songs, whatever. But like, just as your dad, you should think about other things because it's just not that likely in terms of the statistics. And I, so I had a lot of people say things like that, but it didn't click because I wasn't good at anything else. So I was like, <laughs> that can't be true. So I won't think about it. Yeah. Is your dad a Virgo for first follow up? No, Gemini. <laughs> oh, interesting. The two but serial Virgo, killer It sounds signs. very Virgo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's true. Most serial killers are either Virgos or Geminis. Is that true? Yeah, that is true. There's only four signs that are ever serial. Of all the documented serial killers, they only fall into four astrological signs, but primarily it's Virgo and Gemini. What are the other ones? Pisces. One is Sagittarius. I can't remember the fourth one. It might be Pisces. I don't remember. It's definitely not Taurus. It's not Scorpio. Um, So interesting. Taurus is too lazy. We don't kill people. (laughs) Um, I think that's, it's interesting what you're saying. I think a lot of doing anything and being successful at it is doing it, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> like you have to have some measure of delusion to get yeah. across the finish line. It doesn't mean that you'll for sure succeed, but like you have to at the very baseline, have a bit of delusion that you're going to make it 
I totally agree. And it's a lot of like, kind of, you're the only one who sees what's possible for you. Right. I think when, when I've been sort of like trying to figure out what do I want? What do I want this project to sound like? What do I want this? Whatever. I think a lot of my friends and people around me, like, or my family in particular, I think didn't get it. And so it was a lot of like me just being like, I don't know how this is going to go. But yeah, I think, I think it's hard when you feel like you're the only person who totally sees it. What did they, what did they want you to do with your life? Your parents? Um, no, they wanted me, everybody wanted me to do music. They wanted to support me in that. It's just like, I think it's, there's that reality that's so fucked up that as you get older, people are like, Sabrina, you're 25. Sabrina, you're 26. Like, is it, your is parents this are happening Gen X, for you? So they're probably cooler. They're probably well, like, yeah, try it. Give it yeah, a they weren't saying that to me. It's just like <laughs> all the messaging is just like, particularly for women, as you get older and you want to work in entertainment, the chances get even lower than they already were. Don't I know it, baby? Don't I know it's it? It's so, it's so fun. As a 41 year old elite podcaster <laughs> elite <laughs> trying to make it in the biz. Podcast lady. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know what else I would have done. I have um, very few other skills. As you saw on me trying to figure out the tech for this. Well, you're certainly not going to work in technology or STEM. (laughs) That's for sure. Myself either. Um, Number seven. When was the last time you lied? Um, I lie in Ubers a lot. (laughs) Just, I I think I know what you're saying because I used to do the same thing because it's like a fun Mm -hmm. opportunity to just be a completely different person. Is that... Yeah. No, it's not for fun as much as it's like, where are you going? It's for safety. <laughs> More for comfort. Like, okay. I don't want to say where I'm going, you know? Yeah. And, yeah. and it's like, where are you going? Oh, are you headed home? Oh, are you going to your boyfriend's? Like, what? Are you, right. All those kinds of questions. So I'm always like, you know, making shit up in the Uber. Where do you say that you're going? Work, a friend's. Usually it's a friend's. Because then it's like, you know, there's somebody there expecting me. You're just limiting the uh, potential of murder. Uh-huh. Yeah. Because I didn't ask their sign when I got in. <laughs> like, sir, I must know before we go on this uh, ride, <laughs> are you a Gemini or a Virgo by any chance? Because yeah. if so, I will be calling a different driver. That's good. I'm going to start asking. You should. It, it will help you with the odds, I think. Um, Number eight, Sabrina. What character in a book or film do you relate to the most and why? This might open up a whole thing for us. Oh, um, is it Veronica Mars? <laughs> no, no, no. Oh. It's not. I like her, but we're nothing alike. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because then you would have another skill set, which is solving crimes, which you yes. don't have. Yes, yeah. exactly. And wearing leather jackets and <laughs> taking photos. Prompt. Yeah. So I don't have like a favorite because she reminds me of myself but i have a favorite that i would aspire to be like and that is meredith gray oh man you open the door i love her i love her what is it about her character that speaks to you i think the way that um she developed as a person and came into this like integrity work ethic confrontation like all of those personality traits that you saw like they didn't start so strong, but they grew 
And I think just the way she deals with her relationships and her work and her family, I think part of the reason I like that show is because you see so much conflict. I mean, it's it's a soap. Like you're seeing (laughs) all this conflict and you're seeing people handling it in ways that aren't super realistic because they're so externalized. It's so like let's talk through every single feeling I'm having and every single (laughs) feeling you're having, which is so unrealistic, but it's nice to see what that would look like. And in a way it's really healthy actually. And um, I like her because she's kind of the best example of that. And I also like how she doesn't um, take on other people's stuff. Like tell me if you've ever noticed this about this show, they'll go up to each other and they'll say like, uh, here's what's going on in my life right now, X, Y, Z. And then the other person says, here's what's going on in my life, X, Y, Z. And they go, okay, we have surgery. I'll see you later. They're not, <laughs> they're not like, how can I make every single thing better for you? How am right. I like, they're not like taking on everything of the other person. So that's something I admire. I feel like you've revealed a lot about yourself in this answer. I mean, anytime you get me talking about Grace, <laughs> I'm going to be revealing a lot of things. I mean, she had an amazing character arc. She went from being a messy hoe to the sort of patron saint of the hospital. Yeah. But not in like a gross, not in like a matronly boring way. In like a, you're still like dating hot dudes and. And you're a badass. Yeah. yeah. I'm into it. Do you like her? Because I know you watch. Oh, I love her. I, I love that. I love that show for similar reasons I think that you do and probably for the reasons that other people hate it which is that I I do love that it's like a PSA almost every mm-hmm. episode like I like the manufactured emotion I like that every ethical dilemma is solved and tied up with like a beautiful little bow at the end for the exact reason that life isn't like that and like I'm tired <laughs> and when yeah. I go to my TV I want it to be like that you know it's so nice they always have that like image at the end putting it in a box where they're like connected to the thing the patient said you yep. know what I'm talking about it's a formula babe it's I love the Sha- formula Shonda created a little formula and it's worked for fucking 17 seasons but yeah I have one question for you about the show that's yeah. going to reveal everything to me okay how how do you feel about Owen Hunt I love Owen. <gasps> I know. No. I know. No. I know. <gasps> That's the most toxic thing I've ever heard you say. I find it really hot. Oh my God. <laughs> okay. Okay. Interesting. Which is complicated because Christina Yang was my favorite character. So, you know, as you know, no, I, I don't know what it is. I think there, there's something he's so principled, you know, and he's mm-hmm. so like, yeah, you're right. It is toxic because it's like hyper masculine, you know? It's hyper masculine, but more than that, he's just giving a lot of Republican. Nobody talks about their political views on this show, except that obviously there none of them are Republicans because there's like whole ass PSAs about abortion. This is true. Except he's always trying to get women to have babies. He's obsessed. Babe, he might be like he's just a breeder. He's probably like a libertarian okay. breeder. Let him live. He's masculine. He's spreading his seed. Interesting. <laughs> okay. That's right. I've, I've, I've outed myself. Okay. Next question. <laughs> Number nine. What was your biggest sliding doors moment? If you don't know what that means, a reference to a Gwyneth Paltrow film, as in if you had made another choice, maybe you wouldn't be here right now. If I had not moved to LA, I think that's probably the biggest thing. Just because I grew up in New York. I didn't 
I didn't know anybody like who was doing music growing up and I moved here for school. And I think everybody that I've worked with has just stemmed from like people that I met at USC or friends that I made when I moved here or just everything was kind of around living here. So if I hadn't made that decision and I had been like, I'm going to go like, you know, I'd audition for Berkeley in Boston when I was 18. If I had gone there or like something like that, I think it would have looked really different. Maybe I would have been like, I need to finish college or met somebody and like fallen in love and been like, I'm going to stay here forever. I just, you just don't know. I don't know. I think, I think about that a lot where I'm like, if I hadn't moved to LA when I was 18 and made the friends that I made, I don't know what it would look like. Were you disappointed when you, I presume, didn't get into Berkeley? I did get into Berkeley. Oh, hey, excuse, <laughs> excuse myself for that presumption. I wanted to go to USC. So that was, that was what I was hoping for. If I didn't get into either, I would have been very fucked because I didn't really, I don't think I applied anywhere else. At Berkeley, don't you have to, I am such a limited understanding of this as someone who's borderline tone deaf. Um, do you have to apply under like some specified specialty, like violin or whatever? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Because you have to audition. So what did you do? What was your thing? I can't remember if it was. If like they make the distinction between being a singer and being a songwriter, I know at USC they do. You have to apply okay. either as a vocalist or as a songwriter. Right. I think it was probably the same at Berkeley, and I'd have to imagine I did songwriting because that's what I did at USC. But yeah, because because the, the auditions look different. Like if I'm applying as a classical singer or just like a singer songwriter singer, or if right. I'm a violinist, whatever, it's going to look different. Did the song that you auditioned with make it to the album? Um, absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> Can I hear it? <laughs> My songs from when I was 17. Yeah. They were so bad. Like, I thought I was... Not. They, no, they admitted were so you into bad. the most presti prestigious music institute in the country. But maybe, maybe almost everyone was bad because you're 17. I don't know. But it was really... It, they weren't good. Like, I thought they were good at the time. I feel like maybe what helped me was um, the, like, false confidence that I had about the music. I think I thought it was good, and they probably could pick up on that. Well, I can't wait. Well, I'll take, I'll take the listening to the song off mic. Can't wait to hear it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, number 10. What characteristic are you most drawn to in other people? I think kindness right now. Because... I um, didn't prioritize that for a long time. And now it just feels like such a relief when people are just like very nice. And it sounds so baseline and just everyone should be. Sounds like someone has had a taste of Tinseltown. <laughs> That's what it sounds like to me. <laughs> yeah. I think I just didn't care about that. I was like, I want everyone to be funny and like have good taste and cool and like, whatever but so I sort of like let kindness fall to the side mm -hmm. and now I cannot stand people who are not nice like did you watch love is blind new season no I didn't I'm always behind on like the cultural phenomenon of the moment okay I just started two days ago the new season okay. so I can still get into it you can still get into it and there are these two girls who are truly evil 
like the meanest people ever. And I can just barely watch it. So I'm looking for the nice people these days. That's wrong. I hear you. Yeah. I'm with you. I feel, I just generally feel like a deep sense of pity for people who are unkind because it's like clearly stems from hating themselves. Like no one who's like, no one who's like whole and happy and self-confident is mean to other people. It's just like not a thing. I think for me, I understand that. And I like, I watch the show and I'm like, well, obviously you don't like yourself and that's why you're this way, but it's not internalized to the point where I just go to pity. I go to like, I'm mad at you. Then I think (laughs) about it and then pity. How did you just get straight to the pity? 10 years of therapy. Okay. Okay. I'm a couple years behind you. Yeah. I'll check in with you when you hit the the 10 year mark and we'll see how I feel. Sometimes I'm like, fuck you, bitch, you know, but Mm-hmm. More often than not, I'm like, oh, sucks. <laughs> sucks to be. <laughs> um, number 11. Who is the last person you met that you were starstruck by? Now that you're in Tunseltown, making the, making the rounds. You know, I went on tour with Suki. Yes, Suki Waterhouse. Suki had some models at the shows. I'm always surprised to see models around town. So there like, was some of that. Supermodel, like Bella Hadid. Supermodels. Yeah, not Bella, but like some of those kinds of supermodels. And I was like, wow, I have known who you were for a long time. <laughs> like, but I had, the, but I had to play it cool. I had to play it cool. Okay. So maybe that, um, I was telling Shira, I was telling somebody else that I, I ran into, well, ran into is the wrong word. Um, I saw Miley Cyrus in Malibu and I had my sister's dog with me. And she asked to come say hello to the dog. And I had to not address the fact that she was Miley Cyrus. It was out in public. It wasn't like... You weren't like, yes, Miley Cyrus, you can pet the dog. Well, it's like, you know that I know who you are. (laughs) You know, you're coming up to me as Miley Cyrus, knowing that I know you're Miley Cyrus. Sure. And we're not going to talk about it. So, sorry, our pats did not come to any of the Suki Waterhouse shows, or you're just not going to tell me? You're going to do me dirty like that? He wanted to. He couldn't make it. Did your boyfriend come to your shows? Yeah, but it's not It's not like a tea a thing. It just, what a king. What a prince. Uh, yeah. I think he wanted to, but couldn't. He was probably busy doing whatever our pats does. Our pats things. Our pats things. Okay. Number 12. <laughs> when was the last time you slid into someone's DMs? Not in a minute. It doesn't have to be like in a sexy way. Okay. Okay. Um, Cause now, you know, you have a, you have a modicum of fame. You have a little check mark. I feel like you could like use that to like, be like, sup to someone you wanted to say hi to like Bella Hadid, for example. I wanted a, a waterproof bag, like a waterproof <laughs> backpack. So I used, uh-huh. I used my blue check for that and I got one. Yeah, you do seem outdoorsy. That's like the one tourist trait that I don't have. I'm not actually. I just wanted it. I was, yeah, I just wanted one because I like them, but I'm not outdoorsy. (laughs) Okay, good. We're back on the same page then. We're back. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Your music video, I came visit the set. It was all about, you know, outdoors activities. And I was like, oh, maybe she's like a camper. I'm always really pleasantly surprised when I go into nature. Right. You're like, oh yeah, I forgot. This shit's tight. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I hear that. I hear that. Okay. Number 13. What is the horniest song ever, in your opinion? Uh I wanna be your lover, Prince. Oh, that's a really good one. It's, a really it's good just one. I mean, it's so just saying it, just explicit. And 
um his his vocal performance is very horny on that song um to me if i had to pick a prince one it would be if i was your girlfriend that's a really good one that one to me is like that song is like it's like borderline fucking like while you listen to it it's like yeah, yeah. a himself. lot of his music is like that i think in like a lot of the it's true he has the horniest catalog for sure yeah and like the production choices and all these things are supposed to sort of like sound like that mm-hmm, it's not just totally. the lyrics it's like it's like the all the other all right berkeley school of music <laughs> all right number 14 what's the biggest money you've ever turned down that's right. Okay, I started, <laughs> I started this job like two seconds ago. There's still probably, have you just not turned down anything? You're like, absolutely. I'll do whatever you want. I've turned some things down. <laughs> yeah. You know what? I'm going to skip this one because okay. this is going to be is, my skip. This is your skip. Yeah. This is your skip. Yeah. You're afraid she to was, make Toyota, she was like, Toyota. Good girl. <laughs> You're afraid to make Toyota mad. I hear you. Yeah. 24, This episode is brought to you by Lincoln in the all-new 2024 Nautilus Hybrid, featuring a customizable 48-inch panoramic display, available Revel audio system, and available perfect position front seats with active motion massage. Oh, my God. The world isn't wide enough. Visit Lincoln.com to learn more. Some models, trims, and features may not be available or may be subject to change. Check with your local retailer for current information. Lincoln and Nautilus are trademarks of Ford, or its affiliates. This episode is brought to you by Lincoln in the all-new 2024 Nautilus Hybrid, featuring a customizable 48-inch panoramic display, available Revel audio system, and available perfect position front seats with active motion massage. Oh my God. The world isn't wide enough. Visit lincoln.com to learn more. Some models, trims, and features may not be available or may be subject to change. Check with your local retailer for current information. Lincoln and Nautilus are trademarks of Ford or its affiliates. Number 15. What's the best live show you've ever seen? Hmm. That's such a hard... These are good questions and they're kind of difficult. Thank you. I, I think I've felt differently about this at different times in my life. Like... I was obsessed with the 1975 for a period of time, like obsessed. Okay. And went to see them and I still like them. It's just not the same thing for me as it was, Mm -hmm. but I went to see them at the Santa Barbara bowl with my friends. Gorgeous place to see music. Gorgeous venue. They did not let me vape, which I was very upset about at the time, 2019, 2018. This is the most 26-year-old ass answer you've given this whole time. The 1975. They did not let me vape. Yeah, I know. I'm just being real with you. No, I love it. Be honest. I don't I'm not here to shame you. I'm simply pointing out. Yeah. I would like to be beyond my years, but I was vaping in 2019. I haven't vaped since 2019. No, maybe 2020. But um that was one of the best shows I'd seen because I knew all I knew every song. I loved right. the whole thing. The performance was great. Um he is an amazing performer. He really so, is. They don't make front men like that anymore. No, he's really good. And um, King. Yeah. Around the same time, I saw uh, Alex G at the Fonda. 
and mm-hmm. was like, this is the best thing ever. But I think the stuff that I saw when I was growing up and like going to concerts for the first time, I think those were my favorite shows. And I remember them as my favorite shows, like Arctic Monkeys, Black Keys, like all these bands that I was like, this is the music I love when I'm departing from the music my my parents love. I think those are the concerts I remember the best. Gordon like knows. I... Like I went to Hammerstein Ballroom and saw the Black Keys after Brothers came out. And that was, I was like, you know, eating it up. So. Amazing. <laughs> What's the best show you ever saw? Um, I have like, I'll, I'll run down the top five or top three or whatever. One, number one is Prince. I saw him at his 21 night stand in Forum or at the Forum. I was standing in the literal front row because um, we knew his DJ and Magic Johnson was standing next to me. So all of these factors combined. I mean, it probably would have been the best anyways if just Prince. Um, mm-hmm. This is not an order. I saw the Breeders in in college, also in Santa Barbara at the Coach House on the title TK tour. And Pat Smear played with them. And it was like the sickest thing ever. Um, I'm not a particularly huge Sonic Youth fan, but I saw Sonic Youth uh, headline Lollapalooza. And everyone left after Hole played, so that we all came up close to the stage and they played for like two hours. And I remember, and I was like thirteen, so I think that was like a oh, huge wow. moving time for me. Yeah, yeah. And recently, David Matthews Band always gets to have a religious experience every time I go. I don't think I've seen any of those bands live. It's not too late. Well, Prince, but otherwise, the, the like <laughs> biggest life changing concert I saw that's sort of in the same category that you're talking about is I saw the Rolling Stones in like 2007. Did you go with your at, parents? Yep. At MSG. Your Gen X parents. Your cool Gen yeah. X parents. <laughs> yeah. And it, that was life changing. I was like, I want to be a musician and play shows and go to more shows. And so, yeah. You do have like a Mick Jagger-ish vibe on stage, I must say. I watched a lot of YouTubes. I like it. I'm really into it. I've seen him a couple times. This bendy backwards thing that you do that I very much enjoy. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Number 16. When were you the most fucked up, wasted, hammered, trashed in your whole life? Well, I no longer have access to alcohol because that happened a lot of times. Right. Self-imposed. So, yeah. I mean, the most hammered I've ever been has been many times. <laughs> I don't there. I can't. I can't tell That's you right. one in particular. It's fair enough. Number 17. What do you love the most about being famous? And just listen, fine. There are many levels of fame and you are on one. So don't tell me that you're not famous. That was going to be my answer was that I am in fact not famous. I know, but you are like on a, like on a minor level, you know? Well, it's hard to answer because I, I just don't feel that. Like nothing has happened. Like that you don't get like mean comments on Instagram. You oh my know. God, I do. I totally do. I've gotten, <laughs> that's the worst part because I was always like, you know, it's so obvious that this person is unhappy and that's why they're saying hateful things. Like you have to just feel bad for this person, whatever. But it actually is hurtful because you see it and you're like, of course you're human. It's hurtful. Even, yeah, yeah. Same. I mean, it is like if you are able to take a step back, it is like LOL hours because you're like, (laughs) wow, you have one wild and precious life and you're using your time in it to come to my Instagram subreddit and Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. just 
talk shit. It's like kind of funny. It's like, move on, babe, move on.org. Like it's crazy. Go, go about your business. This is fine. But like, yeah. why are you, why do you care? <laughs> why do you care? It's what always I do? men that are like a lot older than me. And mm-hmm. I think it's crazy <laughs> that they're taking the time. But I will say it was, that was a surprise for me in the last year that I was like, oh, these actually don't feel good. And like, I see them when they come up and I don't, not all of them, but I have seen mean comments and it sucks. So that's men, men shouldn't use social media. I wait, I agree. It's distasteful. Uh huh. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, what is the, what about the part that you love? I guess the inverse of that, which is like if the music reaches somebody and makes them feel some type of way, they let me know. And I think it's just like a way of connecting with people. Because the people who are responding to the music, the music's kind of like heavy and intense in a lot of ways. So I think the people who are responding to it um, usually have meaningful things to say. So it feels nice to connect with people through, like you were saying earlier, that it's sort of like I'm showing everybody everything that's going on in my head. Yeah. So it feels nice to have people see everything and then still respond to it in a like wow, me too. I feel the same way kind of response. Sure. It's really cool. A beautiful answer. Beautiful and touching answer. That was uh, 17 and 18. 19, wild card. What did you buy at the recent Sephora sale? Okay. I currently have eight things in the cart. Let's go. Starting with Tower 28 Beauty Mini SOS Daily Spray. Okay. What does that do? It's, It's SOS. It fixes stuff. So... I want to have this. I'm go, I'm leaving for tour in about a week and I don't want to bring this whole bottle. It's basically toner. Okay. And I don't want to bring a massive bottle of that, like through the airport and whatever. So I'm buying this mini one. It's kind of like, yeah, I guess it's got, you use it in place of toner. If your skin is like pissed off that you've been traveling something. Okay. okay. Rare beauty, um, positive light liquid luminizer highlight. Beautiful. Shout out Selena Gomez. This is, this is, um, that's a lot of these are like experiments for me. Cause I've never used, like, I've never used a luminizer, yeah. but I think it could be cool. Okay. Fenty beauty, glass balm, universal lip luminizer. Ooh. Okay. Give me a touch of sparkle off, on the lips. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, I actually need to ask you about this The Cause I saw that you were purchasing a brow gel. That's right. Did you did you also get the benefit um, lamination effect? No, I oh I did. No, I got. Well, I didn't get lamination effect. I got benefit twenty four hour brow setter as as per That's my TikTok research. Yeah, I've been I've been looking through TikTok for this as well. It's a fucked so up. So this thing. is twenty four. It's a fucked up thing. But go on. I know. No, it's really fucked up. But there's something so like it's just straight. Um, brain chemicals loving it the amount of dopamine i get from watching some girl in like an absolutely unhinged like (laughs) insane (laughs) asylum looking apartment that where like everything is white and like making themselves like prepping meal prepping or whatever like what the fuck is wrong with me like it's bored that's like my porn yeah that's my porn (laughs) is watching that me too like i'm like tell me more about 
you know, how you prep your coffee the night before or whatever, clip that fucking hair back, put on your like little scarf, get ready with me, get ready at night, glowy skin. It's like dopamine, 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 dopamine. (laughs) I know. And it does really feel like that term, like guilty pleasure is always so weird, but it's like, it is like that because I don't feel good when I'm like supposed to be sleeping and I'm just you know, scrolling through get ready with me vibes. No, I don't take my phone in my room. This is known about me. Well, I don't know if it's known, but now everyone knows. Do you use like a hatch hatch? Is that what it's called? That alarm? No, no, no. I just like people. It's one thing I have to do, which is I don't, my phone doesn't go in my bedroom. So I can like mainline TikTok till the moment it's time to go to bed. But when I go to bed, the phone charges outside of the room and I just use an Amazon ass fucking clock that goes on the side of the table wow for, yeah it helps must rec- highly it's recommend. giving it's giving 10 years of therapy it's giving self-care bitch that's amazing that's amazing okay, please go on with the cart okay house laughs wow i'm humiliated i'm just doing all the celebrity makeup lines as we do babe okay <laughs> house labs um lip crayon vegan lipstick okay. in peach matte gorgeous Nude sticks because I use their highlighter and I actually love it. They have like this little, it's like a clear highlighter. Okay. Um, and then I'm just getting a Sephora collection essential face brush set. Beautiful. I love how unabashedly hyper feminine these girls are. And I think for yeah, it's a little, I don't know if it's the same for you, but I think I grew up, I went through the 90s as like a teen. And there was something, I don't know, like for, for my experience that was like, that's really, that was really frowned upon or like, it was like bimbo, you know, like whatever. Of course we had Pamela Anderson Mm -hmm. or whatever, but it wasn't like, and I, and I like connecting with that part of myself, even though I'm only learning how to do makeup now at the tender age of 41 years old from bimbos on tiktok that is so interesting and people are of course going to write research papers about (laughs) like you know gender politics and tiktok and this is so interesting because i don't see myself as like a particularly feminine person at all and there's something i get that's really freeing about watching these girls get ready with me and like doing like learning how to do that big three contour that I learned about this weekend. (laughs) There's something so freeing about like, I can continue to be who I am, but also I am on TikTok learning how to do my contour. Contour bitch. I love it. We're, 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 yeah, that's cool. We're bell hooksing here on TikTok and no one even understands. Yeah. Okay. Number 20. When was the last time you cried? Probably watching Grace. Yeah. Just to bring it, just to bring it full circle. God bless. Honestly, yeah. thank God for that. Number 21, what is your greatest regret? Um, I don't know. I don't have one in particular that comes to mind because it's like just the way that my brain works. I'm an overthinker and it's like an anxiety vibe. So if I regret like, do you want something, the top 50, do you want that? Yeah, <laughs> if I, but if I regret something, I'll really regret it. And then like, burn like get burnt out on that regret and be like right. you know what i no longer give a fuck at all because i have exhausted all of the regret for this thing so i don't have any that like have stuck with me for years that's a classic you know? classic psychological structure of building up the tension so much that you have to surrender it and that's how you move on 
gorgeous very interesting okay number 22 what song would you like to hear just before you die okay listen okay that is so wrong for you to ask because how how would i possibly know it's like you have me sitting here opening spotify scrolling through my recent playlist you know why, babe? because you're in your 20s once you get to my age you'd be thinking about death all the fucking time <laughs> Okay, I, it, I don't it, I imminent. never think about her. I don't think about her at all. Yeah. But I think about her quite often. My <laughs> friends that I grew up with often like I've heard them talk about this a lot and I'm always like, this is so fucked up for you guys to be talking about this. But there I've heard them say, if we were on a plane and you knew that it was like it was you only had a couple minutes and you're right. sitting there with your headphones in. And you get to pick a song. It's the same question. I love it's it. The same so, you've question. Had, so you've been prepped for this question and you still feel taken aback by it. I feel completely taken aback because I'm always <laughs> like, I'm not going to answer that because I don't know. I think in reality, if you only had a couple minutes, it would be like, I'm looking at my most recent playlists that I've made and I'm selecting from like 20 songs. Right. So I guess right now, if I had to choose, I would choose. Maybe Radio Cure, the Wilco song. Wow. Unexpected. Or She's a Jar. Also, She's the Wilco a Jar song. is a really good one. That's, that, that might be my favorite Wilco song, which is not saying a lot because I'm not like a deep Wilco stan, but I like all the earlier things because they sound jangly, gin blossomsy, which is really up my street. Um, She's a Jar is a good one. So you're just kind of going off of like what has been making you joyful lately. Well, those are songs that have been making me joyful lately, but also have made me joyful for a long time. Right. And I think with She's a Jar, it feels so familiar that I would kind of be like, it's any old day and I'm listening to one of my favorite songs. I wouldn't be so like if I put on the most dramatic thing of all time, maybe I would have to face the situation. Like like Mozart? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But like if the, it's, the theme to Star Wars. Yeah. But if it's one of my one of my faves that I always listen to. Yeah. Then then, you know, it's kind of any old day. I, that's an interesting logic. I have it all planned out because I want to hear Dave Matthews band, obviously. I'm not surprised. And and the song is Lie in Our Graves because it's literally about when I step into the light my eyes searching wildly. Would you not like to be sitting in the river with your legs hanging free? You know, I can't believe we would lie in our graves wondering if we spent our living days well. And then I could know while I'm dying, I did live my living days well. Hmm. David Matthews, thank you for making this song. I'm ready to go. <laughs> David. Yeah. It <laughs> so. was the anniversary of the, the I know, shit babe. event. <laughs> That's right. It was last I week. I thought of you the other ago. day. Yeah. A couple I am, days ago. I am deeply associated with this event, which isn't exactly what I was like going for in my life, but mm-hmm, you can't mm-hmm. really control how others perceive you. And Do you get a lot of texts on the day? Lots of texts. It's almost like you. it's my birthday. I think I get more texts on that day <laughs> than I get on my birthday. TBQH. Well, because I, I saw it and I thought about texting you and then I was like, no, she's definitely getting a lot of other. Texts. She's getting inundated with uh, yeah. messages about this for, for several years now. So every year it's, it's, it is, it's just like my second birthday. I mean, it is and shitting on the uh, Chicago River day. Well, okay. If you were in that, because wasn't there a boat going That's by right. at the time? <laughs> yeah. If you were in the boat and 
suddenly mm-hmm. <laughs> you were just rained upon sure. with mm-hmm. shit. Mm-hmm. Obviously you'd be devastated, but then once you found out it was coming from the Dave Matthews tour bus, how would you feel once you found that out? Okay. Two things. I'm not German. That's a, and secondly, okay. it wasn't even Dave Matthews band. The, I think it was the crew tour bus. So on top of everything, the shit didn't even belong <laughs> to the members of Dave Matthews band. Now to reiterate, I'm not German, so I wouldn't have enjoyed it either way, but uh-huh. Additionally, it wasn't even from David Matthews. So, okay, but if it was, would that have changed things for you? If you found out it no. was like actually no. Okay, no. cool. I'm a th- I just had must, to check. again, not German. Not this is not for me. I draw the line. It's I, I respect everyone and whatever they're into, but mm-hmm. for me, that is not the thing. Um, okay. Thank you for asking the question. I do. Um, I do appreciate it. I gotta <laughs> ask while I have your time. Yeah. <laughs> Number twenty three. What do you think about me? That's so funny that you have put this in your list of questions and you're going to ask right. this to everyone, everyone every, you every interview. That's correct. Um, I think you have great taste. I think your first record that you bought and favorite concert were a lot cooler than mine. And I'm a little bit embarrassed. Um, I'm simply old. I No, I think you're really cool and you have great taste and that's what comes to mind. And I'm honored to be on your podcast. Oh my God, thank you. It's so nice of you. I'm hoping one of them will result in someone like proposing marriage. We'll see. Watch this space. Yeah. Okay. We got to the end. We fucking did it, Sabrina. Number 24. What do you want to plug, babe? Plug away. Let's fucking plug. Mm. You got shit popping. Come see me on tour with Liz Fair. Didn't you just talk to Liz Fair? No big deal. You're going on tour with Liz Fair for the Exile and Guyville tour. It's not even remotely a small or tiny thing. It's a big thing. I talked to Liz Fair, uh, first episode of this pod. She's awesome. I'm very excited to attend this tour. When is it? November? It's in November. Um, it's for about a month and yeah, I'm really excited about it. So come see us. What's your favorite Exile and Guyville song? Probably fucking run because that's the first Hell song yeah. of hers <laughs> that I ever heard. Yeah. So I think probably that. I long ago made a t-shirt that said that because I was like so obsessed with the song. Really? Yeah. I did. It's a great song. I need a shirt a like album. that. Start to finish. I'll make you one. Okay, great. Um, And in the meantime, stream, stream, uh, stream all the songs. Stream Kiss City demo. Very good. So happy to have had you on the show. Deep. I'm a deep fan, as you've maybe noticed. I'm a fan. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> it's great to talk to you. Uh, you too, babe. 24. Thanks for listening to 24 Question Party People. And thanks to my guest, Sabrina Teitelbaum, a.k.a. Blanchelle. Blanchelle is on tour this fall, opening for Liz Fair. You can find the dates at blanchellemusic.com. This episode was produced by Chris Sutton and Jesse Miller-Gordon with help from Justin Sales. Our gorgeous theme song was composed by Heather Fortune. Special thanks to Shira Ignishkawi, Sean Fennessy, Rob Harvilla, and all the doctors of Grey's Anatomy. Come back every Tuesday for a new episode of 24 Question Party People on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. 24 Question Party People. This episode is brought to you by Ugg. Y'all know Ugg is a brand that athletes wear all the time in the tunnel and on travel days. Well, I bet you think Ugg season is only during the colder months of the year. Oh, contraire. You're wrong. You need to check out the latest spring drop from Ugg. They have everything from sandals to clogs. I like the sandals. 
Ugg has you covered for your next spring adventure. Shop the Golden Collection at Ugg.com. This episode is brought to you by Empower. You got money questions like, can I retire early? What are my best savings options? Can I afford to pay for my kid's education? Luckily, Empower has all the answers. With Empower's real-time dashboard and real live conversations, you get clarity on your real-life financial goals. So join 18 million Americans and Empower What's Next. Start today at Empower.com. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. Sponsored by Empower, not an endorsement or a statement of satisfaction by a client. 